Hello and welcome back to another bonus episode of the Becoming Fully Human podcast. Today I am introducing a new portal for connection um, with the platform Substack. So this is something that I've been toying with for quite a while now because I'm not loving the censorship and algorithm-based relationship that I'm forced to have with platforms like Instagram. Although I have started a Telegram page and of course I have the OG website, there are just some things that I can and cannot do with, I guess, every platform. You know, everything has slightly different offerings. And one thing that I am very called to explore with Substack is a paid membership. So yeah, I I guess in the past I've had a lot of resistance towards this idea and I think it was rooted in um I mean probably a multitude of things but one of them is not valuing myself or my work enough to charge for it and that has really dramatically shifted over the years as I have both worked on my self-worth and have been mirrored um the value of my work through you know people who read and share and connect with what I have that I have to share. So yeah, not everything will be behind a paywall, I don't think, um, with Substack, but I will save the more sacred, intimate, and personal shares um, for the community that I build behind a paywall. And I really think it's a beautiful invitation as well for you to play a supportive role in my life. If that is something that you desire to do. Like every ask, it's a two-way street. It has to work for me and for you. And so if what I offer behind the paywall is something that inspires you, helps you, supports you in any way, then the exchange um, will really work for both of us. So I'm very excited to announce this. And my first post is actually about to go live. So By the time you hear this, it will be available and I will link to it in the show notes if you would like to listen to the full story of my recent ayahuasca ceremonies in Colombia. I will follow this little introduction with a preview of my, I guess it's a podcast or podcast just automatically anything that's audio, I'm not sure, but There are two separate audio files for the first ceremony and the second ceremony that were back-to-back. And in total, it's about an hour and a half, sorry, two hours and a half of, um, yeah, of storytelling. So I hope you enjoy this little introduction slash preview to the podcast. If you are interested in becoming uh, a subscriber to my Substack. There are two options. There is a monthly donation or a yearly donation. The yearly donation being discounted, and you can also have the option of being a founding member, which is essentially just um, a greater show of support. You know, if my words, stories, shares have deeply touched you or inspired you over the years, you have the option to donate a little more as a one-off. So that's it for now. I'll leave it at that. Here's a little bit of a preview of the first uh, ceremony night 
And if you want to listen to the whole thing, two hours and a half, you can head over to Substack. And yeah, the link and all the information will be in the show notes to this little bonus introductory episode. I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye for now. Hello, welcome. Um, Today I'm going to tell you the story of my latest yahe ceremonies um, here in Colombia. Yahe is the the traditional name for ayahuasca used in in the part of the world that I'm doing it, which is Colombia, like I said. Um, specifically kept this medicine by the Putumayo tribes, um, which is really quite special, I guess, in, in a way, because in the past I have done, I've done ayahuasca a couple of times, um, four times before this during two separate ceremonies one in australia and one in portugal and although they were both quite special particularly the one in portugal um i mean that was a story for another time um but i had yet to experience ayahuasca um, as a medicine that has been kept within lineages right this kind of um, true medicine passed down from generation to generation from the Taita and Maimas, which is the, the name for male and female shamans here. And, you know, in a way where the individual doesn't decide they want to become a shaman, um, it's like the the tribe, the culture, the community decides for them that this is their path. And it's, it's, I mean, I guess it's in service to the people either way, right? I mean, whether you decide in air quotes or it's decided for you, I think there's always a degree of um, a higher power involved when you, when you live a life of service like that. But anyways, for me, it felt special and to come to the land of the medicine itself, you know, it, ayahuasca is not native to Australia. It is not native to Portugal. And um, so to meet the woman who cooked, you know, the medicine in, in her land, it's, it's quite different. It was quite special for me. And um yeah, so I this was the what inspired the trip to Colombia. Um, I was also supposed to do a hike um, into the into the lost city, which both are in Santa Marta area. the The ceremonies I did in Palomino at a retreat center. This is not a retreat center for ayahuasca, but the um, the retreat was, you know, brought the Maima, and um, I don't know, it's not really her assistant, but there's always, well, there's generally music played, and so um, Maima Alexandra and her, I guess for lack of a better word, assistant, um, Cubita, who played music, they came in from not that far away, right? They traveled in, though, to the retreat center, and um yeah that's one of the big reasons why I came to Colombia for this trip and it was a three night 
four-day retreat with two ceremonies. In the past, that's how I've done ceremonies, as a back-to-back. I know there is 10-day ceremonies where you do maybe five or six, which seems so crazy. Like, for anyone who's done ayahuasca, when you do the first night, the thought of drinking the medicine again on the second night is so intense. Like, it's... It's almost unfathomable. So the thought of doing it, you know, five, six, seven times in the span of 10 days to me at this stage is so wild. And yet it's one of those things, you know, that is coming in your life. Like there's just something in the, on the background being like, yeah, you're going to do that. And it's going to be good for you. And it's going to be crazy, but it's coming. So that feels like it's going to be at some stage in my life. It's just not yet. And so, yeah, anyways, two ceremonies, um, and so many other healing modalities throughout the couple of days, some of which I loved, some of which I really did not like. Um, I learned a lot at this retreat in terms of hosting my own retreats, which one is coming, in November, early November of this year, 2022. Um, One of the big things I learned is that less is more. There was so much going on at the retreat in terms of various like pranic healings and, and workshops. And it was too much. It was just too much overall. And I mean, I'll get into it a little bit later, but a lot of what I learned um was also facing my own judgment judgment rooted in having my walls up and not allowing experiences and people to enter my life and I say that relatively I guess because a lot of people who know me um would probably say that I'm very open and yet (laughs) everything's relative like I was really a mirror was put up to me during this retreat and I was able to get a really clear look at myself probably I mean definitely not in every aspect I think it's extremely difficult to see ourselves we see what we want to see and we uh, don't see what we don't want to see and part of that is you know our ego's job to keep us alive and protect us and part of our work on this planet is to look in the shadows and look in the parts of us that house the things that we don't like about others, about the world, and to acknowledge that they live there and to gently, I mean, maybe with ayahuasca, it's not so gently, but shake, you know, shake it up a bit. Wow, no pun intended for what's coming because there was a lot of shaking for me convulsing even um but yeah you know like kind of wake it up and and look at the parts of ourselves that we don't like not in an effort to eradicate them or suppress them but more to bring them to the table um you know accept them integrate them and for me that is that is what embodiment is about and that is what healing is about is about welcoming all the parts of ourselves to the table and in doing so we learn true 
like compassion and oneness because we get to see that the things in others that we dislike and are triggered by and hate live within us too and that we're all capable of everything good and bad and yeah it, it allows us to hold space for everyone's human experience and also witness how difficult it is sometimes to address the shit that we're going through and to address our own patterns and loops and self-sabotaging and you know it's so easy to look at someone else when we've already overcome what they're going through or we've never faced it and to judge them and to think well why the hell are they doing that you know that's so like for me smoking for a long um portion of my life I was heavily judgmental towards smokers I've never smoked a cigarette in my life but that was rooted in my own childhood traumas of my dad smoking and it really um it really bringing me a lot of pain I guess for many reasons like complicated you know whatever we'll leave that for another time too but I was projecting my own inner turmoil and story onto other people thinking like who could smoke who would do that it's such a you know disgusting dirty habit it's it's slow death it's this and that but that was really what I had to heal within me this like this inner child wound that was being projected under onto people's choices and also thinking like it's so easy to quit because I don't smoke and you know I don't do this so you shouldn't do this anyways that runs deep and that's a lot of what I I came to unknowingly heal is um yeah these walls that I have up around my heart and the intention that I actually um set for this experience and intention being like one of the more important things of life in general but with ceremony in particular there's you know the mindset and setting anytime we interact with these psychedelic substances um yeah intention it's it's profound it will change and it will change the whole experience and i mean the experience will always to a degree be what it has to be i know in the past like my first my first ever ayahuasca experience the two ceremonies i think it was in 2017 maybe it was 2000 and no it was 2016 i believe and um i i mean at the time i actually didn't even know what it, what these ceremonies in like entailed um i was living in Sydney at the time and to be honest ayahuasca and silent you know vipassana meditation retreats were pretty big buzzwords like everyone who seemed to be you know on the woke train were doing them and I was kind of new to this world I when I left I was living in the British Virgin Islands before that and had just you know recently graduated university and I knew that the the party scene was no longer for me. I was really stepping out of that world. And so stepping into this new world, I had yet to um, find my place, I guess, 
within myself and being exposed to all these this new world of consciousness i'd yet to really understand that within the world of you know air quotes consciousness there's still (laughs) there's so much shadow and there's so much uh, spiritual bypassing and there's just you know there's it's everything It, it that that energy that i was trying to escape i guess in the world of drugs and alcohol exists everywhere and um so yeah a lot of people are talking about ayahuasca and the opportunity to do it came up and i had no idea that it was essentially a meditation an overnight meditation and um i went and my intention was just to experience what i had to experience and that first night i experienced nothing like nothing at all so <coughs> sorry i figured i just would cough instead of continuously pausing and restarting um yeah my intention was nothing and i experienced nothing and i, I mean i guess my experiencing nothing was multifaceted in terms of a why and i felt that despite saying that you know i was i had no expectations and like i was super whatever it was cool i would just trust it and surrendered i had no idea what surrender was at that time in my life like truly in retrospect i can say pretty much no idea because i had tons of expectations i had you know although i didn't really understand the nature of what these ceremonies are like i definitely thought i would have some profound experience and my ego loved that you know having profound spiritual experiences is jet fuel for the spiritual ego which is probably the most dangerous ego there is if there is such a thing you know as a dangerous ego because the spiritual ego it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy that the more spiritual work you do, the better you are. And the very nature of spirituality is, is equality. It's, it's no hierarchy. And so, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I think that was my biggest introduction to that lesson, to be honest, is experiencing nothing and being like, you want to think that something spiritual is going to make you better, you get nothing. And so, of course, in nothing, I got something because I, I needed to learn that experience. But yeah, I've realized over the years, you know, it's been many years since, um, the importance of intention. And so I got very clear on my intention working with ayahuasca this time. And it's, it's been my intention really for about six months now, maybe seven, eight months, um, is to heal my feminine energy, my wounded feminine energy. Thank you so much for tuning in. That is the end of the preview of my first Substack audio file. There is my part one and part two of the ayahuasca journeys. Um, Yeah, the first and second night, all the lessons I learned, the conversation I had with the Maima, which is the shaman. Um, Yeah, and much more. So I really hope you enjoy. Thank you so much uh, for your support. I really appreciate the support on this next chapter, this new venture. And yeah, until next time. Bye for now.